Hello and welcome to the How to Not Marry a Jerk podcast. This is a countercultural conversation about how to do relationships the biblical way. I hope in all that we say, you hear the loving voice of a father who's got a great future for you. My name is Nate Swanson. I'm the lead pastor at New City Church in Great Falls, Montana. I am joined by my beautiful wife, Rachel. Hey, it's me. Our church's youth pastor, Aaron Seibert. Hello. And his amazing wife, Megan. Hey. Come on, let's dive into today's discussion. Okay, welcome to the podcast. It is How to Not Marry a Jerk, episode two. And you guys, I like I'm I'm not even sure. Are we gonna have some like some cool lead-in music? Oh, for sure. Have? Yeah. Tom, cue the cool music. <laughs> it's something that he's created himself, of course. All nice. Right, good. Thank you, Tom. We're imagining we can hear it. We don't there's yeah. nothing there right now. <laughs> so uh all right, so it is episode two. If you made it all the way through episode one, uh we're hopefully going to share um things that are relevant all the way through this. Hopefully you're gonna hear our love and our concern for you. Um and hopefully we'll have some laughs along the way. And just a side warning that maybe don't have children listen to this. Yeah. Hopefully I won't say horny in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> two for two. All right. Swanson, why didn't you give it a second? So if they were like... I told you before, they are fast little kids. They just sprinted out I of the room. D- I've done this before where I'm listening to something and something all of a sudden comes on and then you're like, oh! Or the time my dad was watching a movie with a group of young adults. Oh, no. <laughs> and he was trying. Oh, no. All of a sudden, a scene came yeah, on. A very bad image came on the screen. And he was so trying he was to trying fast to forward. fast forward. Instead, oh, he, he paused, paused it. Oh, yeah. no. And then he, like, He's fumbling with rewinded the remote. it. It was like. And then slow mo. Yeah, zoomed in. It was like the worst <laughs> scenario. Oh, my God. Okay, so, for clarity, though, yes. we should probably clarify this in episode one. What is the age of this? Like, do you think a teenager oh, could a listen question. to this? Oh, that's great. I, sure. I, I, I would want our teens to listen to it. Okay. Like yeah. Israel at 15. Sure. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, I agree. Okay. I would want Elias to listen to I it. Would, I would think so, too, but I was just like, <laughs> yeah. maybe if you're a parent, listen to it with your kid. It'll be great discussion. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that would good. be a good way to approach it. Maybe, hey, let's listen to episode two at some point in the next couple of days, and then we'll discuss. Because yeah. yeah. some of these things are hard to bring up with your kids, yeah. especially totally. depending on I'm your sure kid. through the course of this, we're going to end up sharing some stories that like are you know from our missteps in the past, and I want to be able to share those with some level of discretion. You know, I'm right. not going to be getting into gross, gory detail. For anybody's sake, but especially with the idea that, yeah, I want my kids to hear this Mm -hmm. and be able to process through the principles that we share. Should we introduce ourselves again? Oh, yeah. Okay. In case you missed episode one, it's far end of the table. We have... I'm Aaron. I'm the youth pastor at New City. And I'm Megan, and we're married. Been married for 10 years. (laughs) Nice. And I'm Rachel, and I'm not married to them. I'm married to Nate. (laughs) She's the eye candy at the table and my beautiful wife. Uh, I'm Nate. I'm the lead pastor at New City Church in Great Falls, Montana. NewCity.Church. But whatever. Um, (laughs) All right. Here's our starter question for today. Uh, What is... I I, want to hear either weird wedding memories from your wedding or one that you attended. What's just something crazy or cringy or hilarious that happened? Or... What are those things that happen at weddings that you, you just like, oh, that is a, a pet peeve. Why is that part of wedding culture? I have a great one. Okay. 
and I have good advice on this as well. Uh, you should vet your wedding DJ <laughs> really, really well. Why? And, and your, uh, whoever MCs and stuff like that. Uh, we have had the fortune to be in, uh, in and a part of a lot of weddings. And one of the things I think that's always goes so badly is a DJ that doesn't understand who his crowd is. And I don't know if you remember this wedding, but we went to a, a wedding and the DJ played like, it's a very Christian wedding, like not an open bar, like, you know, and you can have that, whatever. And the first song is like, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but it was like apple song. bottom jeans like type song. It just nobody moves a muscle, and it's like the nobody floor dares just... to go to the <laughs> dance floor. Yeah, yeah. except for that one unaware cousin. You know those ones. Yeah. 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 Wasn't this the wedding where like a lot of the family was like fairly like country, like they enjoy country yeah. music. Yeah, so it was like it was like a, jitty, a jitterbug easy. crowd. Like yeah. that was who your crowd was, and it was like, That's what are jam. you playing right now? So. That is hilarious. It's the funniest thing. Like when the dance floor is hopping, and all of a sudden the DJ puts on something, and everyone's just like. It yeah. scatters off the floor. Like, yeah. uh, I wonder if they feel that deep in their heart. Like, oh, they have to, it. probably. Or maybe they're so unaware they don't. But they they're should like, be making notes to themselves. Jam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if they don't like it, I do. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I the it. wedding pet peeve I have is when they do the cake smash yeah. and the groom will just like decimate his wife's yes. beautiful face that she probably yeah. paid so much money for. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's so dishonoring. To be clear, that she paid money for her face. Let's describe that. <laughs> the makeup nose job. <laughs> <laughs> like, if she paid to have someone do her makeup, okay. her yes. husband just ruined it. I thought you were talking about, like, Botox, lip No, filler. no, no. I'm just talking about <laughs> Teeth literally her makeup on yeah. her face. Gotcha. And now she has so to go sad. wash her face off. And I'm, like, always like, oh, that's so sad. And maybe yeah. she agreed to it and was like, oh, it'll be fun. But to me, I'm like, I just don't feel like I don't, it's very honoring. I don't like that in general. No. I don't like to it's see that in so general. Like Even if it's, like, you know, she did no makeup. I mean, who cares? Like, <laughs> right. I just think yeah, that's it's just, just sad. Well, you know, there's Why like would you want that to be a part of your celebration? We're going to, like... Yeah, yeah, smash things. But in each you know, there's spaces. a trend with weddings right now where you can like instead of doing a dollar dance where you can like get money, you can like do a cake smash jar, and it's like people donate to like the bride or the groom to oh see who will get more, no. and then whoever gets more gets a cake smash, and you can do it with like Venmo and you know digital yeah. and all that. So that's like a trend now, and so I think oh. it's coming back. For okay, a while. so make this the trend: the maid of honor or the best man takes it. There oh, you go. So good. You raise the money. Yes. And then you do the bait and switch. Or what and say, groomsman? Yes. Oh. Like just do it for a groomsman. Just yeah, any yeah, groomsman. Yeah. yeah. Like no, the best man. I think okay, maid of right. honor. Sure. You know, sure, that's up for debate. Maybe I meant like pick a groomsman to cake smash. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. I'm saying like the best man should take it. Like okay. the best man is the best man for a reason, right? Aww. But as far as the maid of honor, if she's the maid of honor, maybe she shouldn't take it either. Maybe you get like that that cousin, that junior bridesmaid, little girl with weird oh, teeth. Oh no! Yeah, let's do it. Her. <laughs> and the best man steps in and says, I'll be tribute. I'll take both. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that trend. I don't, I don't either. Like so if you're listening and you just did that in your wedding, you know what? You really messed up. <laughs> just no, I'm sure just encourage fun. other people. Don't just give it some thought. Our our vote would be you eliminate that from Err on the side of honoring Amen. at your wedding. Good. You could still have a lot of fun and be very funny and still honor people. Um Okay, so we were at this wedding. You know what I'm going to share. I know what you're going to share. This I is the like, most memorable wedding. I feel like you set me we've up. We've ever for this. been for. We had a wedding one time. 
how many would have been in the room? Less than 30. Yeah-ish. And um, so they're all at the very front of the sanctuary. Like all the guests are at the very front of the sanctuary. And I don't know how big it is, but the bride and her dad come walking down the aisle. And you know the traditional like, take a, like your right foot goes forward and then you step together and then your left foot goes forward Mm -hmm. and then you step together. Oh yeah. Like very old school, traditional. They, I think assumed that that's how you have to walk down the aisle. So they did that, (laughs) which takes a painful amount of time to get down the aisle. The song ran out (laughs) (laughs) and they haven't reached to where the, guests are yet they're maybe in, like halfway <laughs> in the auditorium oh my god in the sanctuary whatever so they stand there and they look at each other and they're kind of nudging each other and like the dad and the daughter you can tell are like she fighting, was a little like, bit annoyed like dad you're not doing this right yeah like yeah. we, we got what is the music stop <laughs> and so <laughs> then oh, in gosh. the back the greatest mullet I have ever seen <laughs> is operating the sound is board. operating that's the, our sound guy he goes ahead and pushes play again um, on the music. So he gets the music going again. Cue the bride and or the bride and yeah, father. Sighs of relief all around. Okay, okay good. They're here moving. they go again. Yeah, we got music. So they again walk forward and they get to the end. Um, and don't worry, Mullet Man kept the song going till the nice. end. So they awkwardly stood, which is a huge pet peeve when the Ugh. musician thinks the wedding is about them instead of stopping when it's a clear sign to stop. Um, so anyways, he continues the music for an awkward amount of time. Yeah, yeah. So the, and the, the <laughs> officiant, the pastor is like, he's got the couple, well, the, the yes. dad and his daughter standing right in front of him. He's craning his neck, leaning over them, bright eyes, giving the, the nod, like, Shaking okay, his you head. can cut yeah. that off. Okay, that's and good. mullet man, I actually looked back there. He was brushing his mullet. He had a, a handheld <laughs> Beauty and the Beast type mirror, and he's brushing his mullet, totally unaware Listen, that part's not true. It would have gone like all like halfway down his back. <laughs> he needed longer like, arms Whoa. to brush out yeah, his full mullet. Yeah, it was a party in the back had to be tamed. It was a it party. It was quite a party. Okay, so that's funny, right? But then also... The mom, mother of the groom, of the groom, was up front. Do you know those old school camcorders, like yeah. the ones that actually had the v- VHS that sat on your shoulder? Yes. Yes, she's in the front row with one of those. <laughs> Just has it up on her shoulder. The mother of the groom filming, is the video- videographer filming the, at the whole wedding. thing. <laughs> it was. And this was a year ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They were way outdated by then. Like Yeah, the camcorder was outdated by that point. But yes. Yeah. It was great though. Oh, but she was not so settling funny. for just like the front row perspective. She got up a couple of different times to get different <laughs> oh, angles. Yeah. And yeah. That had was the, fantastic. The the um shoebox size VHS camcorder on her shoulder the yeah. entire time. Or how about the wedding we were at where the maid of honor gave a toast and she goes well, I was at her first wedding, <laughs> and oh, no. I really think this one's going to go well. Uh, it's like, oh, oh, don't say that. Or how about the wedding where we showed up, we maybe were two minutes late, <laughs> yes. and we missed everything but the exit. Yes. Like, it wow. was, it was done that fast. Wow. It was crazy fast. Yeah. 
we could probably fill a full episode with it's just true. crazy wedding stories. Absolutely. We won't do that. We, we won't. won't do that. We'll keep yeah, things yeah. moving. By the way, I, I realize we've got to find, I've, I've got to, I need your help, guys. We need to find a better pattern for starting the epi- episodes because every time I feel like it's just not a good way to start the episode. Okay. Like all these yeah. stories were great. But I felt like the, the welcome to the podcast and all that. It's just it's just rough. Maybe it's next late. time we'll discuss beforehand. Okay, good. We'll, we'll stay tuned for episode warning. three. It'll be a little bit better. Oh, it's gonna be yes. a banger. Episode so three is gonna amazing. rock. Everyone's gonna get so much better. Yeah, by the time we get to 13, 14. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about weddings because here is a question that I think is probably on some minds. What constitutes a wedding? What constitutes the beginning of a marriage? Is it actually is it actually required to have a ceremony, to have a celebration, to have a ring, to have vows? What makes a biblical marriage? And we are, again, uh, if you're new to the podcast, we're establishing uh, this up front. We're, we're coming from a scriptural standpoint. To the best of our ability, we want to interpret marriage in light of the Bible, in light of scriptural principles and, and, uh, uh, and precedent. And so for this, I want to go to the Bible because I think it is probably going to become even more common, but I've, I've heard several in the course of my life say, oh, well, we're, we're married. And I'm like, oh, when'd you get married? Well, we just made vows to each other. We just have this thing in our heart for one another. And if you don't know a lot about the Bible, it could maybe seem like legit, like, well, okay, I guess, you know, if you're both sincere, why not? Um, So I think this could be a short episode, but I want to give just some scriptural backing to the idea that, no, if if you look at what is portrayed in scripture, there's actually more required and, and I, I think it comes, um, m- this premise comes primarily to me. This came to me primarily when I saw in Hebrews 13, 4, it says this, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So what what became clear as I read this passage, one day I just simply had this epiphany, the marriage bed is different than any other bed that there is there is a marriage bed and then there's another bed there's a fornicating bed there's an adultering bed there's there's an idolat uh, a sexually immoral bed but the marriage bed is different and the marriage bed should be kept pure and it should be honored so it kind of started me on this quest of okay what makes the marriage bed difference and where where do we see that resembled anywhere else or reflected anywhere else in scripture. Um, so I want to give some quick scriptural backing. I'm going to give you several scriptures. If you, uh, obviously you can listen to this and re-listen to this if you want to jot down these notes. And I would encourage you to look these scriptures up for yourself and, and kind of get this understanding from the scripture, not just from what I share. But I want to give you plenty of scriptural understanding on why I believe that it is important for us to actually have some line of demarcation between unmarried and now married. The marriage bed is different from any any other bed. And I believe this is important because Ephesians 5 makes this really clear. I think it's resembled uh, and reflected in other areas of scripture, but Ephesians 5 makes it really clear that the marriage relationship is reflective of God's relationship with his people, with his church. Uh, Ephesians 5, 31 and 32 says, uh, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. 
And verse 32 says, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. And if you read through the full measure of Ephesians 5, you'll see over and over, he's given coaching to husbands, coaching to wives, but he says, ultimately, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, first and foremost, I'm talking about God's relationship with his church, but this also applies to marriage. So I believe God's view of marriage is elevated because it's different from Every other relationship in this, it reflects his his heart for his church and the way that he wants his church to relate to him. So um, that there, there's other relationships that are obviously very vital, uh, a parent and a child relationship, um, an, an adopting parent and an adopted child. There's, there's spiritual significance to all of those, but there is strong spiritual significance to marriage. And that's why I don't believe we can define marriage any way we want. I believe we have to recognize this is God's idea and we must evaluate it the way that God says we should. So um, if, if marriage should be evaluated the way that God uh, says, and, and if it is reflective of his relationship with his bride, then I think it shows me that Revelation 19 is really important. In Revelation 19, verses 6 through 9, it describes this, this culmination at the end of human history where God's people are united with him and, and really the bride and the lamb are married. And if you're new to church, if you're new to the Bible, this could be a really confusing concept for you. I would encourage you to keep seeking it out. But what you see in, in their marriage is as an actual celebration. You see, it's not just the, the, the bride and, and the groom just privately decide, but look at this. It says, I'm going to read from Revelation uh, chapter 19, starting in verse six. It says, I heard what sounded like a great multitude, a great multitude. There's not just one. It's not just this private little affair, but there's a great multitude of people like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder and they're shouting hallelujah. There's a celebration. Do you hear this? Hallelujah for our Lord God almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. I love this. It's saying, here's a celebration. Here's an actual instant. There's an event. There's preparation. There's, there's something significant about this for which both people have prepared themselves and brought themselves. It says, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. So he gave something. She received something. There's an exchange of gifts. Fine linen, it says, stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. So if we want our marriages to reflect what God sees and says about marriage, I think our weddings, the, the institution of marriage, the initiation of the beginning of the marriage, I think it makes sense for us to, to make sure that event reflects what heaven resembles what heaven uh, uh, identifies. It says that there's a multitude. It's not a private thing, but it's a shared, it's a communal thing. That there's exchanging of gifts. There's things received and things given. There's preparation and that there's a celebration. There's a supper. And so at the very least, I think you could make a case that this is what's vital. But I want to go back to several. I'm going to read several passages here really quick. Uh, Genesis 2, 22 and 23. This is with Adam and Eve. It says, the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. So there's a presentation of, of uh, a wife to the husband. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She'll be called woman because she was taken from man. So there's, there is validation and there's affirmation from a third party that says this is a good thing. In Genesis 24, I won't 
take the time to read it. It's a long passage, but it's the story of, of Isaac and Rebekah. Isaac was the son of Abraham, the, the miraculous child. And when he's older, his dad basically arranges his marriage. So it's his dad's idea. He's like, I'm going to find for my son the right mate. And so he sends a servant and he goes through this whole thing. Gifts are exchanged. There's there's a dowry. So, so the father, Abraham, sends uh, money to be given to the family and blessing to be given to the family. Uh, there's there's blessings pronounced over her. So she's about to travel home to, to her new home to meet Isaac and meet Abraham. But before she leaves, her family pronounces blessings over her. They pray over her and they endorse this they celebrate this and they send her on her way and then it comes back and, and it says that she went into the tent and she became his wife and what they did there was brown chicken brown cow and uh, <laughs> and yet it wasn't like even then if you read it quickly you could think oh it's just this personal private thing between the two of them no it's very clear if you read the whole thing the family's involved the family's exchanging gifts the family is endorsing and, and pronouncing blessing and and then the consummation is witness people saw them go into this tent that's terrible can you imagine I can't. <laughs> there was a family on our wedding night <laughs> there was a family on our wedding night like we leave this big reception and 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 we 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 did our honeymoon in uh cancun but before we left town our wedding night was at a hotel here in town and we 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 get out of the car and we're walking and as we walk in there's a guy who's like known me from my childhood he and his wife are walking in to the hotel. Oh, hey, Nate, you guys staying here? Rachel just about died. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And we're just waiting out here for you. We're just walking into the lobby of La Quinta, you know? We're not at the doorway of our room. Can you imagine them watching you? Something with thicker walls, I feel like, would be a better option than a tent. Oh, man. And if you know, if you know, I'm not going to go into the detail, but I mean, there were. After they came out of the tent, yep. the family would go in and inspect the linen, and That's there were so reasons for that. So That's it was crazy. not a private, personal, just me and her before God yeah. making these commitments. Genesis 29, I'll share another one. It says, Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. I love that there's this labor in his life that says, right. I'm going to prepare, I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to work for the love of my life. Jacob said to Laban, his, his father-in-law, give me my wife, my time is completed, and I want to make love to her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place. Another translation says the whole community was invited, and they gave a feast. So it looks like, hey, you know what? I'm ready for this marriage. And he's like, yeah, you are ready for the marriage, and I'm endorsing this, but we're going to gather, we're going to celebrate. There's going to be, uh, uh, there, there's an obvious threshold between unmarried and married. You see it over and over and again. It's, it's communal. It's communal. Uh, Malachi 2. Uh, now, the Lord is in the middle of correcting Israel, but he says, uh, you cry out. He's like, he's saying, this is what you're complaining about. Why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed, listen to this, witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young, but you've been unfaithful to her, though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. So you see a little bit more definition here. It's communal. There's a celebration. It's not, uh, there, there, there's affirmation. There's gift exchange. There's blessings pronounced, and there's vows that are exchanged. In, in John 2, this 
is uh, the, the first known miracle, first public miracle of Jesus' ministry. It happened at a wedding, right? So there's a wedding. Uh, Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples has all, have also been invited. If you know about that culture, it was not just uh, a quick ceremony. It was several days. But again, over and over, here's what, what I see as as obvious repetition all the way through the scriptures, it is an event, it is invited, it is communal, there is affirmation, there is blessing, there is celebration. Matthew 22, 2 says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Over and over. It's not a private thing, but there is a celebration. There's a reason we should celebrate. There's a reason it should be communal. There's a reason it should be shared. In Matthew 25, it's the, the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. virgins. And, and again, the, the only emphasis here again is they were preparing to attend a wedding banquet. There was an obvious line of demarcation between unmarried and married. Yeah. And so um, what I want to just throw out, and we can discuss, but there's plenty of biblical evidence. There's more besides what I've shared. But I believe that what if you're looking to have a marriage that reflects God's intent, I believe what you want to look for is any scriptural evidence for how my marriage ought to start. Mm -hmm. And what you see is, and by the way, the, the, the quality of your wedding does not determine the quality of your marriage. That's right. Okay. Right. So this isn't about having a lavish feast and impressing everybody. And man, we'll, we'll get into that. In fact, maybe we could even talk about pitfalls that happen in relationships because, because of, of overdoing it at the wedding. But here is what is obvious is that it is not a private thing. It's not a one-on-one -on -one thing. It's not me and her escaping to Vegas kind of thing, but this is, this is a communal thing. There should be affirmation. There should be support. There should be celebration. There should be vows exchanged. There should be preparation involved. There should be sacrifice involved. There should be exchange of blessing involved because that is what then signifies to everyone watching. They are now in a marriage bed. Mm -hmm. And this marriage bed will be kept pure. And, and think about even that, that command in Hebrews 13, 4 again. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Here's what it's saying. He's, he's speaking, the writer of Hebrews is speaking to a community, a Christ-following community. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, this is your collective responsibility to honor marriage, to guard marriage, and to keep it what God wants it to be. The whole, the whole narrative all the way through the scriptures from start to finish when it comes to marriage is that this isn't just about me and her versus the world, but it really is. It's always staged on really in, in, in the context of community, shared yeah. life, affirmation and celebration. Reflecting on what you've heard, consider sending us your questions. When you email podcast at newcity.church, your feedback could shape one of our future episodes. It's a simple way to keep the podcast relational and relevant for you. Okay, so I'm going to stop. What are your thoughts? Well, I think uh, what I love about it in the reality is it, from the beginning, we've got to evaluate God's view of us. And he obviously sees value in us. He sent his son to die for us, yeah. gave his life on the cross. And I, I can just think of this conversation. There was a season where I was very involved with some of the high schools and I was talking to a girl and I said, you know, Hey, you know, you, you, we were just talking about marriage. We were talking about 
it, it was, they were difficult. There were kids that are a dropout risk and that's what I was dealing with. And she was sharing some things and I said, well, man, that just doesn't sound like they value very much. You know, like there's things, you know, like a wedding ring, you know, just the idea of a wedding ring. And she was like, but how could I expect him to spend that type of money on me? And I was like, initially, like my heart just broke for that young lady yeah. that just even see herself value enough to get a ring, like spend a hundred bucks, you know, it doesn't have to be something fancy. Our ring, the ring I got for Megan was not crazy expensive. You know, I didn't have the money to go out and buy a really fancy ring in the season. And I think that's what I love about this is like, it's communicating God's value towards you, your value for each other, and then your value for your families yeah. as well. Marriage yeah. is not just something that you go out and do. Like you want to honor your parents that were involved in the raising and the bringing up of you. And yeah. you no matter even what that looks like, if your relationship restrained or something like that, just saying, hey, I want to involve you in this. And then the community of God that's going to support you in the rain and then the difficult of those seasons for them to be involved. Like there's just a level of honor that happens in a marriage that is so multifaceted yeah. to just, I think it's really selfish. Can right. I say that? Sorry for right. you to be like, we're just going to go elope. Right. There's an element of that that I can see and I, I totally understand, but like, man, there's a lot going on in there. Yeah. But if you, I, I, I think there's a really good point. I'm glad you pointed that out because I wasn't approaching it from that standpoint, but it's so true. It adds value to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It adds value to the significance of the marriage, but it adds value to those relationships and who has had a contributing voice in the conversation of your lives. And the, the let's go elope thing. I, Rachel's father, uh, I think jokingly said, I'll give you I'll give you 5,000 bucks. If you guys just elope, I'll save a bunch of money. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yet the thrifty approach is not the honoring approach. Now, I'm not saying, and maybe we need to get into the excess like, and, and discuss the excess. I'm not saying you should you know, drain your bank accounts and go into a mountain of right. debt. You yeah. know, be, be smart. And yet, I do think there's something about saying, no, this is, we are going to set a date, and we are going to have something on the calendar, even if it's a backyard wedding. Yeah, right. And, Absolutely. you know, we, we, we pooled our resources, and we, like, we, we catered with Cafe Rio. Like, and maybe for some, that is the extent. Probably expensive, actually. Yeah, probably is, yeah. honestly. But, and, and maybe for some, you're thinking, I would never. That is so beneath me. But for others, like, that's a stretch. Mm-hmm. I think it shows value to at least say, no, we are going to, we're going to bring together people that are, are valuable to us, that are meaningful to us, and we're going to do something to mark this is an occasion worth celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to drain the bank account. You don't have to do something stupid and foolish. But it, I think it's, it should be somewhat sacrificial yeah. to say we're going to guard that date. We're going to guard this location. We're going to prep. You know, there's, there's, again, there's, there's so many things that go into saying this is valuable. This is important. Yeah. I think there, I think there's something intimate and simple about an elopement that I think is attractive. Like, mm. oh, it's sweet. You don't have. It's more than thrifty. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you don't have the whole like showy like let's put on a big party here. But I do think there's an element of honoring the people that are gonna either walk out your marriage with you or your parents and yeah. both. And I think you can involve that. Like, it doesn't have to be a crowd of 300. You could have an elopement of 30, 30 people. Yeah. Sure. Where you just invite them to a very intimate ceremony and then have a celebration later on so i would call that different i would call that like a destination wedding basically yeah, sure. or you know even if it's in your backyard yeah i don't i'm not saying you have to open up your you know the floodgates and the whole community is invited but i think i think there is something about at least saying so an elopement to you is the man yeah, or the wife and to me the some elopement. random guy saying do you do yeah do you when do i hear too? Wait, can okay, you do that i thought you have to have witnesses maybe you can't yeah but i think they'll yeah, literally have witnesses sign. like adults on hand 
that you don't even necessarily know, but they can. Oh, sure, sure, Hi, sure. my name's a, Henry. I'm your witness. <laughs> yeah, for real. They, like, stand up as a legal witness. Like, you're 18 or older, sure. you'll do. But I In think fact, I'm not even sure they need to be 18. I don't know about that. Tom, are you willing to be a witness? <laughs> <laughs> We're looking to our producer, Tom. He's been a witness. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh Tom. Several times. And he's not even 14 yet. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. I think to your point of, of some of the things what you're saying is, like, elopement. I don't want to talk just about elopement in this idea because I think obviously th- there is an attack on marriage and a lot of things. And I can think of people that have taught me like we had a private commitment. So right. let's like go beyond the elopement because yeah, I think you sure. could do that and you could, I think you could do that and it would be like a destiny wedding. It would sure, be more it like be that, but they could the call, they could community. say I eloped, but I've talked to people that are like, you know, we've lived together for five years. So right. we're married. Yeah, we like, set our vows to yeah. each other. No, We're common law, right? It's yeah. like according to the state, you know, statutes or whatever. You live together for I don't even know what the time three years is. in Montana, yeah. but it's different. I've heard state. it's even as low as six months. You know, so you cohabitate and you're legally married. Get mail at the same place. Right, that's good enough. Good enough right. for us. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about that. I, I think that is more of a problem. Right. I think that is very devaluing to the mm-hmm. institution of marriage, and and more so than. Beyond like this traditional understanding of marriage, what does the Bible reflect yeah. over and over right. and over? What does it reflect? Right. Well, it reflects obviously the community, right? Or what you were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, like the community that's involved in that. And then, I mean, the covenant, uh, uh, the covenant that you make and the vows statement yeah. of those people. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the witnessing of that. And then, like, I don't know, man, I just love the idea of somebody holding me accountable because I know myself yeah. and people were there at that wedding that said, Hey, this is what you said. You know, where are you at on that? Where well, and a there? covenant is a binding <clears throat> right. agreement. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you just, if we make a verbal agreement one right. day, it's like, who's to say tomorrow, right. one of us won't go out and break that. And what, what yeah. are the repercussions for that? What are the consequences for breaking that and there isn't anything it's just kind of like oh it was my word right. against yours right. whereas a covenant really draws people together and there's there's something ex- like i mean in the bible there's something exchanged in regards to that but i do believe in our modern times we do exchange something and it's the coming together mm-hmm. the unification in marriage right. like you're exchanging your individuality for the unity the promise of one which is it's just so countercultural because we were just talking right. to someone who went to a wedding and they were like, it was all like, you are you and you are you and you'll come together, but you'll still be you. And it was like the most, it, it made no sense. They were like, I literally at the end of it was like, what just happened? Right. And that's what marriage is today. It's all you be you. It's individuality. It's be your own truth. Yeah. And a covenant is something that draws people together of like, no, we're actually one. And what we're moving towards is one. Right. Yeah, that is, yeah. it's so sad. There's there's right. a latitude and an individuality that people are trying to maintain in in order to keep their marriage happy and healthy. Right. They think, I'll be happier and healthier if I have latitude and I've got margin mm-hmm. and you're not crowding in too close. Yeah. And what they don't realize is real fulfillment in marriage comes when, when you really are there to serve the other person, to give to the other person, right. to benefit the other person. And... And to really lose your individuality in that oneness that yeah. that only God can make possible. Yeah. So clearly in Ephesians 5, you brought that up earlier. I mean, I think that's where you find that. 
stance of the idea of dying to yourself yeah. for the betterment of marriage. Yeah. Well, we didn't even take time to go into the idea of covenant, but you mentioned this, Megan. Um, you know, in in Malachi, the the one uh, the verse that was talking about the the vows that you made. Um, in one of the translations, it clearly says this is like your covenant bride, mm-hmm. and the the idea of marriage as a covenant is clear all the way through Scripture. And if you study covenant itself more specifically. Yeah, there, is, there are several elements that are consistent in covenant that go along with many of the things we've already named, so I won't enumerate those. But if, if you're still unconvinced, go through biblically on your own and study through the idea of covenant. There's several elements that make it clear. There are, there are, there, there, there are structures for this that allow us to, to welcome accountability. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, that goes back to the idea of value. If I really value Rachel, I want this marriage to benefit her. If right. I really right. love her, I want this to be good for her in spite of me. And so I want partnership and I want eyes on this and I want guidance and coaching yeah. that will allow me to be the best husband for her right. because I care about her. Right. I, I wish this wasn't true, but I was speaking to a couple just recently, not married, but they called themselves married. And and they 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 had come up for prayer at church, and they were actually they were asking for more than prayer. They were asking for financial help at church, and and so they started sharing their story. And one of them said something about husband or wife, and I can't remember which one it was. But I had no recollection of them being married. So I stopped, I was like, hold on, are are you married? And the guy, it was so awkward. The guy puts his arm around her neck like she's his little 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 league buddy, and he's like, yeah yeah, I I I call her my wife. Okay. And I was like, hold on, what what does that mean to you? He's like, well, yeah, and, and they both kind of overlap one another, saying, well, we're married in our hearts to one another. We've made a commitment to one another in our hearts. And I was like, oh, no, that's not marriage. And so I just went through a handful of these scriptures with him, and I said, marriage is different than, than what you're doing. And I said, I'm not saying what you have couldn't lead to marriage, but what you have is not marriage. Right. And I, I came back to this question I, it, because it was obvious that he more than her had had this idea that we're just going to do this private agreement between the two of us. And so I asked him, I, I won't call him by name. I said, let's call him Marvin. I was like, hey, Marvin, why, why is it that you want your version of marriage instead of what I've just described in terms of vows and affirmation and all this kind of stuff? And he said, he said, well, you know, I actually sometimes like I want to serve God, but sometimes I just want to do what I want to do. And I don't want to do all the time. I, I don't always want to do what God wants me to do. And he's like, I'm also kind of afraid, like if I make a commitment, I might break it. So he's like, I don't want to make a commitment because I may not stay faithful to it oh yeah what this is real life this is like within the last two months and I looked at her and I said are you listening to what he's saying why would you want to even have a pretend marriage with somebody who says I don't want to do what God wants me to do all the time and I'm afraid of making a commitment because I'll probably break it what I've just heard is what you have is not valuable to him yeah, and real. It's not yeah. real. Yeah. How sick is that? Yeah. That somebody would pretend that that's marriage. That's not marriage. If you're listening, that's not marriage. That's so sad. Right. Marriage invites accountability. It says, I value you so much. Here's the difference between a contract and a covenant. A contract says, I want what you have. I want your car. I want your house. I want your whatever. But I don't really trust you. And so I'm going to write up the terms of our agreement so that I'm protected in the process. I don't trust you, but I want your car, so this contract protects me, and I get your car, and I'm not, I'm not a victim to you. Mm-hmm. A covenant is different. A covenant says, I so want relationship mm-hmm. with you 
Mm -hmm. that I'm going to draw up the terms of our agreement. And in the terms of our agreement, I'm declaring to you what I'm sacrificing. My car, my house, my wealth, my independence, my, my margin, my latitude. I'm sacrificing all of this because I want relationship with you. That's a covenant. Right. If you don't have that, with, with voices in celebration, with, with an obvious line of demarcation between this day and that day, unmarried one day, married the next. If you don't have vows exchanged and people that are listening to your shared confession of, of a life exchanged, you don't have a marriage. It doesn't have to break the bank. It doesn't have right. to be, you don't have to wear a tux and a, and, a, and a wedding dress from a bride shop, but there's gotta be a difference between the unmarried you and the married you. And that difference comes on a day when you welcome accountability to the vows that you exchange. Yeah, totally. And I think a lot of times, like I, I can understand people being discouraged by this and maybe feeling like, man, I don't have the real deal. And I think just to speak into that, like yeah. there's actually so much blessing when marriage is done in the right way. Yeah. Right. So there is a better version yes. of a, a marriage or a relationship that you will have if you honor God yes. in this process and you yes. honor him in the way that he set it out for the Bible. Right. And like, we don't want to be discouraging right. and be like, Oh, this is just hopeless. It's gosh. I come across so harsh. Don't I? Rachel yeah. was looking at me. She's like, Oh you, no, you I just think it's relevant eye. to like remind people of like, this yeah. is a yeah. blessing. It's not just this yeah. contractual agreement. That's like, all mm. right, now our taxes are joined and we got to like, you know, work together to make this work. But it's right. like, there is actually so much reward and blessing when yes. you do it the right way. And when you right. are living in the covenant of marriage, yeah. like, there is not right. blessing when you're living outside the covenant of marriage. Yeah. yeah. Keep the marriage bed pure. We haven't even yeah. gotten into that. We'll get into this later in the podcast, but it says God will judge. Right. And you right. could fool your family. You could fool right. your pastor. You could fool your friends and your right. small group. You won't, you won't fool God. Yeah. Keep the marriage bed pure. If you're not married, your bed isn't pure and you're bringing judgment. You're bringing judgment into your relationship. Yeah. Man, will you please hear this from the heart of a dad, all right? Like an imperfect human dad. I so want my kids to experience something better. And if you're listening to this, I want the same thing for you. I want you to experience something better. The joy and the blessing that comes in a marriage that reflects the scripture in the heart of our father. Yeah. And I think no matter whatever season you're at, whatever place you're at, if you're wearing it through and you're hearing these things and you're finding out you're in a relationship, you're in a place that that is not what, what you're in. Again, we want to go back to episode one and lift up your eyes. God has yes. something better for you. Yeah. And just because you're there doesn't mean that you're stuck there forever. Right. If you're married, God's intention is that you will stay married, yeah. but there's repentance, right. there's yeah. transformation, there's change yeah. that can happen. And man, I've seen marriages that were so jacked up be fully restored because yeah. God has something better. And even in that situation, they found out, they realized, and they saw that, and they did the work that it was. So lift up your eyes. Yeah. And if you're not there yet, and you're looking at it, and you're wondering, what is the future for me? Lift up your eyes again and yeah. understand that God has a marriage for you that's built in his word. It's yeah. built in his truth. It's built in his pure, right, and good intentions towards you. you got to hear that. It's not, it's not some sort of compromise for what the world has. It's better than what the world has, and you've got to lift up your eyes to see what God is intending and wanting for you. And as you do that, man, I'll tell you what, you can, you'll look back. You guys have been married for a long time, so. <laughs> but you look back. been married? 20 Three years. <laughs> 23. Right? You sure? I forget every time. <laughs> it is 23 yes. years. 23 years. But you can look back and you can see 
the reward, the blessing, and yeah. the promise, and the work of God and uh, whatever season you're in, that he yeah. continues to work. Yeah. Yeah. So faithful is good. I'm reminded, I worked at a bride shop actually right before we got married, coincidentally, but... Got a great deal on her dress. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, Little tip for those who are approaching your wedding day. Yes, get literally. A, get a job at the bride shop. Uh, it, it was a blast. I loved it. But one of the first things the ladies who had been working there forever, one of the first things they said is, there are some brides that come in here that are excited for the wedding. And there are some brides that come in here that are excited for the marriage. Oh, man. And I thought... Interesting. Those are really good words. Like, I hope... And honestly, it's so funny because then we planned our wedding and I was like, I don't care. Let's just get married. I'm so excited. But I think what a heartbreaking thing to go into a marriage just excited about your wedding Um, because your marriage is your life and your wedding is... One day. One day. I guess a lot of planning, but yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that because that's kind of the flip side of this conversation. Mm-hmm. One is overlooking the significance of the wedding, mm-hmm. but one is maybe like like making an idol, it. yeah, uh, yeah, and overemphasizing yeah. the the event itself. Those are typically what you call the bridezillas that would come <laughs> through the door. <laughs> Groomzilla is oh, a thing now. So really, really Groomzilla? Yeah, I mean, come on. I heard it. But well, it's twenty twenty three. You know. Yeah. 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 We're not going to go. Yeah, like, yeah. So I, I would love to speak into this because I, we were blessed this summer. We got to be a part of a really incredible wedding that, in my mind, was like, you know, it was like way over the top, not in like a really good way, in a really healthy way. I mean, they they were both further along in their careers, have great careers. So, so uh, like magazine wedding. Yeah, like magazine. Oh, like yeah. Uh, uh, Beautiful. Pastor Eric, he, he does wedding photography on the side. He always says there's like uh, your dream photographer wedding, like really pretty groom, really pretty bride, great location, like totally a wedding like that. And, <laughs> and uh, what I saw in that is at the end of the day, talking and communicating and, and preparing for these people, they were excited about the details but there, there was an excitement for the life together mm, yeah. and that. So you could see like this, this is an incredible wedding, Yeah. but they were way more excited about the seasons and things to come in that. And, and I think yeah, I've they, been a part of a wedding where they had people like bring food and like, Hey, and, but they were excited f- for the life to come together. Yeah. And both of these couples have incredible marriages. So I think you, you can't put too much hold into the value of the day, what's got to be valuable. And this is what we try to communicate is that moment when you're standing, looking that person in the face and the words of what you're saying is far more that day, but the commitment to the life. Mm -hmm. And both of those weddings were incredible, gorgeous and beautiful Mm -hmm. in their own way because of just the heart for each other. The heart. Well, actually let me say this, the heart for God. These couples had incredible relationship with God their relationship with God and them coming together was, it's not as much as about the day, but what's being set up there is really important. So, so I I think as we've talked about, you know, elements for a wedding, this idea of community comes up over and over and over. (laughs) And I think it's, maybe this goes without saying, but I I believe it needs to be emphasized. You can't just hope that you've got people there at your wedding and, and, expect that them being a witness to your vows at your wedding invites them into a relationship that keeps you accountable. Right. Ooh, right. Good. So it's not just, I've got a crowd of people celebrating my marriage, mm-hmm. celebrating my, my event, but then 
I, you know, I live however I want. Just because you mm-hmm. invited him to the wedding does not, not mean you've invited him into the marriage. Mm-hmm. And for you to actually long-term have a healthy, developing, godly, fulfilling marriage, you need to live a life where, where people would be glad to celebrate with you at an event, but they're, they know that they're part of an ongoing conversation. Right. Yeah. You alone will stand before God to give an account for how right. you enter your marriage, for yeah. how you conduct yourself in your marriage. And, and one of the things that will help you do it well is by living in a way where you are living a life that's open, that you are, that you are part of a community. Right. In fact, I, I want to emphasize, like, even as we record this, there's some things that we're saying that are very countercultural, that are a little yeah. bit little bit rough around the edges, and maybe we should have said things more nicely. Uh, what we're saying is really aimed at our church family more than mm-hmm. anybody else. And if you've stumbled upon this or somebody shared this with you and, and you're not a part of our church family, there could be things that we're saying where you're just not, just not hearing it accurately because you don't know our hearts because you're not in relationship with us see community makes the difference Mm -hmm. when you're living alongside people and you're rubbing shoulders and you're laughing and and sharing food in each other's homes and you're going to each other's basketball games or your little kids birthday parties like there's something about a life together that gives you perspective of a person's heart and Mm -hmm. and their intent and their motivations and their imbalances and their strengths and weaknesses and all of that is going to enrich your marriage if you have that alongside other believers who are living their life according to scripture, yeah. or it's going to frustrate you if you if you don't have that and all you're listening to is a podcast or somebody's opinion and you're trying to like live out a life that honors God or, or enter into a relationship, or a marriage relationship that honors God. If you're only living this like by the numbers, but not in the reality of relationship, if you only have, let me put it this way, the crowd at the wedding, but you don't really have the community through yeah. your marriage, yeah. you're, you're never gonna, you're never gonna enjoy it. You're gonna feel like you're not measuring up to somebody else's standard. Somebody else is being nitpicky or or critical or controlling, and you're not gonna understand the wealth of of love and guidance and wisdom and fulfillment that comes. In the community of or faith, you'll just have a lot of blind sides. Like you, yeah. you won't be able to see. Oh, I'm treating my husband this way because so and so pointed it out. Out of love, they pointed it out. I shouldn't talk to him that way, or I shouldn't do things like that. And things that could make your marriage just so much better when they people point it out. Yeah. But you're not going to see that if you don't have that community around you. Yeah, I think uh, going back to the day of and that like having a really nice wedding and maybe not being as excited about the marriage. I think what makes me sad is how people will compromise relationships over the wedding. So maybe they'll treat the in-laws really terrible because they really want it done this way. Or maybe they'll treat a bridesmaid, like they'll take it out on the bridesmaids or whatever. Just like there's just ways where I've seen people just like absolutely out of just a desire for their day to go right. Like I understand that, but a desire for the day to go right, they will use that as latitude to treat people around them really poorly and a lot of those times I've, when I've been around those people, I'm like, this is not who you are. Like you yeah. are kind and you are sweet. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen brides choose their bridesmaids based on their physical appearance more so than the relational connection that they have and taken a girl who in their mind wasn't as attractive yeah. and give her a lesser role. Like you can manage the signing of the book or whatever, but assign other women who are more physically attractive in their opinion so that their pictures look better. Yeah. How jacked up is that? That is like so shallow. Yeah. So self-serving. Yeah. I spend a lot of time looking at our wedding photos. So 
Yeah, so much. So sorry, time. Megan. I didn't want to cut you off, no, but I wanted I to just, contribute to your point. I was just saying, like, I think if there's things that are coming up in the planning process that are going to inhibit relationships on a, just even like a fundamental level, like I understand there's big things out there that you want to contend for. And sometimes like that's that's worth having a very agreeable conversation about. But I just think if you're in the process of planning a wedding and things are starting to create rifts in your family, then it's time to reevaluate. Like, is there things I need to do different? And sometimes like I've also encountered mother-in-laws that are like very intent on their son's wedding going a certain way. And it's like, okay, well like, sorry, Uh, you're not marrying the bride. Um, Are you thinking about my mom? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I just think like honoring your family through and through and doing your best to maintain peace. Like that's not to say like you have to bend to their every desire and thing, but I think doing your best to maintain peace. So that way your marriage starts in a good trajectory Mm -hmm. and your holidays aren't awkward. Yeah. 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 I love the thought of the community. Just, I have witnessed this countless times where somebody can't afford a big fancy wedding and, it's truly the church that comes together. And actually I'm, I'm typically not the person that gets to be a part of that, but watching friends of mine that like bend over backwards to make this the most memorable bit day for this, uh, bride and groom comes to mind for you. Crystal. <laughs> I mean, of yeah. course, like think of how many times she's just, Crystal's she's... life is just separated into two categories, weddings and days between weddings. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all that goes on Nicole's also coordinated quite oh, a few yeah. there's like, so many people that yeah. like jump on board and I think of even yeah, the they're people so generous, so fun. that so, did that for yeah, us yeah. like your sister and my, my mom and my sisters that just like jumped on board and were like I want to do anything to make this day absolutely beautiful for you like there are so many women in the church in our community that just like make it so special bring their own uh, decor that that actually aligns with what the bride would want or the groom would want and just will provide food for people. And I mean, the time it's, it's like this sweet to deprive people of that chance to celebrate with you. And assuming you have that now, if you don't have that, there's a broader conversation that you Mm got to be invited into. And as your church family, or as somebody who, who knows that maybe you'll never be a part of our church family, like find that church family. Yes. And we'll probably in different ways through the po- course of the podcast, because relationship, good relationship is the fruit of good relationship. Yeah. And so uh, we'll probably many times through the course of this podcast, give you guidance on, on how to align yourself with the right community, but right. Um, find that community. You need those people to celebrate with you and yeah. you need them for That's your marriage. True. Okay, let's do this. I, now, I did not foresee it going this way, but I love the idea that, essentially what's going to contribute to a healthy marriage is also what we see resembled uh, and reflected in the Bible in terms of like a healthy ceremony. The day of is communal and the marriage should be communal and both are healthy reflections of good relationship. But let, let's do this. Can we give some just quick wedding day advice? Like in, in preparation for the wedding, I'll, I'll give one. I, one thing that I wish we had done differently in our wedding is, uh, I wish we would have had like that first look thing and it's more common now, Mm -hmm. but I wish we would have had like this first look where the bride and the groom see each other before the wedding. And then you can do uh, all the photos ahead of time and not wait until after we kept man, all the people that were waiting to eat at our reception because we hadn't yet shown up. We should have just had people eat. 
yeah. and then taking our photos, yeah. whatever. Or, or done whatever, is. but like, yeah. don't leave your guests waiting. I feel so yeah. bad. By the yeah. time we got to our reception with photos following the ceremony, we wasted a ton of or people's time. Or if you're going to leave your guests waiting, give them some appetizers yeah. or something. Yeah. something. <laughs> or, just, or just let them eat. Figure it out to where yeah. they're they're honored and they're fat and happy and they can hit the road. And, <laughs> yeah, because to be They'll honest, I did not want to even eat on our wedding. Like right. I didn't, I could have cared less once, I couldn't have cared less once we got to the reception to eat. Like I just wanted to party with the people and be with you and yeah. I didn't care about eating. So what's well, some other good let my wedding day eat. advice? Mm. Oh, I wish I would have had like I, when I was walking down the aisle, everybody left. Like I was with all the bridesmaids and the flower girl and all that. They all left. And then I was all of a sudden in a room all by myself and I was about to vomit. I was chill as a cucumber until that moment when the last person left and then I was like am I gonna get the exit right am I gonna do this right yeah determining I... when I go in yes and was then all on you. it made yeah. me second guess everything like I didn't even think about should I get married like have I evaluated this so then I'm walking out the doors way too early uh to go down the aisle and I'm about to puke and I'm bawling like a baby and if I would have just had one person with me saying hey this is going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. I would have been like, thank you. It is going to be awesome. Yeah. So. I think, I mean, okay, this is like a financial thing. So I'll just do this quickly is if you have the funds for a wedding coordinator, I feel like they can be so helpful in keeping things going. Yeah. And we've been to weddings where the wedding coordinator, like I think some of them get a little bit, I don't know, high and mighty at times, but there have been some really awesome ones that have like honestly saved the wedding from yeah. like just being prolonged or like whatever it is. Yes. Um, so if you have the finances for that, I think it's worth it. But if you don't, there's friends out there that are very yeah, gifted and organized could do that. that could just help you. And I think, um, there's two weddings I was a part of where both brides had very chill, relaxed personalities. And when it came down to the details, they were just, they were not there for it. They were like terrible at deciding. And one of them, basically was just like I don't know like you choose and but nobody wanted to choose because it was like right. her day right and so finally it came down to it and it was like people were making decisions for her last minute and I I'm sure she was fine with it she never complained at the end so who knows um but then the next wedding I was in where the bride had a similar personality she was like I don't want to be decisive especially leading up to the wedding. That is not my personality. Yeah. I do not enjoy people asking me a thousand questions on the day of yeah. what happens about this. And she was like, don't tell me what happens. And she designated somebody That's in her sweet. bridal party that was decisive. And she said, you make the decisions for yeah. me. I don't even want to know what happens. If it's catastrophic, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. And that That's was it. Great. And I thought that helps things go down a yeah. lot smoother when you have people she around you. Just enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And you can enjoy it and you have people around you that can take on the organization and the administration part of a wedding. And probably love that. Yeah. I mean, definitely love to do that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Along those lines, I will say just briefly, find ways to enjoy your engagement. Mm -hmm. Don't in the course of being engaged and, and we are all for short engagements. We'll talk more about that later, but in the course of being engaged and aiming toward prep for your wedding, don't become so fixated on the perfect ceremony, the perfect event that oh, you get stressed yeah, out right. and hate each other. Right. Yes. Enjoy being engaged. Totally. I, I'm a big person of honor. Like I just think that's a natural inclination is I want to honor people. And uh, I think a lot of times people can get concerned about their parents and their investment of their parents and their things like that. 
And I think there's a, a healthy balance to that and those things. You don't want somebody that's meddling and helping making decisions, but look for ways to honor the parents that are involved in those things. Look for ways to include them because I always tell the groom, like there's been one person that's been planning this weather, wedding longer than either of you. And that's the, the, the mother of the bride. Cause yeah. she's been thinking about that since that baby was in the womb, you know, like yeah. what's that wedding day? Is that true, Rachel? Have you? <laughs> yes. No, but I, I, I'm not very good at planning, but yes, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think you have to, like, you know, let them pick the color of the dress and what right. color of the ring, but, like, ways, you know, giving them a rose, you know, including them in the walk or yeah. something like that, inviting. Um, I like to have dads pray at, uh, like, the ceremony, not the wedding ceremony. I have had dads do that, but sometimes they're uncomfortable with that. But, like, just bless the food yeah. as people mm-hmm. come in, you know, just pray for the food and things like that. Um, I think those are huge things. And then, again, vet your wedding DJ. Have a great MC. (laughs) Uh, If you can't get a good wedding planner, find a great master of ceremony. They'll keep the thing flowing because that is – I've been to weddings where it's like everyone's leaving. Yeah. Here's a great thing of advice. The dollar dance paid for a good portion of our honeymoon – Awesome. I've seen people wait to do the dollar dance till like too late, way too yeah. late. Yeah. And nobody's you there. You yeah. like and I've dance. actually been at weddings. Like I want to give money and yeah. I've already wrote a check and I showed up with like a 20 and, but I have kids Spender. now and it's like, I'm going to let, well, whatever, a dollar, whatever. I'm going to let my kid dance. And then yeah. it's like, they're like, well, we're not going to do the dollar dance or something like that. Like I showed up with intention and yeah. maybe I'll slap the 20 in their hand, you know, Pentecostal right. handshake as I'm taking off or whatever. Sure. But I think, it's a great photo if I love that couple, you know, to see my kid dance with the uh, the bride sure. or Ooh, my uh, daughter dance with the what groom. What about instead of, because I was kind of embarrassed about doing the dollar dance. Like I just didn't oh, want to yeah. dance I with a bunch of people. <laughs> but what if you did pay to have a picture with the bride, pay to have a picture with the groom? Like, oh, that's that fun. Whole, that Every photographer that. just died because that's such a point of contention right now. <laughs> is people taking photos. <laughs> oh, Uh, I would say, let's talk about writing your own vows. Mm -hmm. I would say, please, from the perspective of a pastor, get, even if he doesn't require it, ask the pastor to look over your vows after you write them. Uh, Because I I think one of the biggest mistakes I ever made in a wedding is I let a couple write their vows and I didn't look at them. And honestly, they were, like, I love the idea that when you write your vows, they can be funny they can be personal they have these little unique inside jokes and all of that but they still need to be honoring yeah. and they need to be and they need to be need to be reflective of scripture and they need to have substance to them and i would say please if you are motivated to write your own vows have somebody with some spiritual gravitas yeah. have somebody with some spiritual foundation look over those vows preferably the the pastor that's going to officiate your wedding that's good advice. Another quick tidbit of advice. Uh, if you're doing like pictures all morning at the church or wherever you're going to be, have food for uh, the groomsmen. You know, have just a couple of platters mm-hmm. of meat and cheese trays. That kind of stuff is always nice. Um, and then during the wedding, if the ladies are holding bouquets, have tissue uh, tucked in those bouquets. Because if they're criers, uh, it'll be handy for them to uh, actually easily be able to dab those tears and True. and uh, stay presentable. Um the night before, like after our rehearsal dinner, we did, we had the bridesmaids all together and hung out together. And my mom had had a lady in the church that did chair massage. And literally I was so stressed out until that moment she did a massage. And I was like, from then on until 
I was all by myself in the room waiting to go down the aisle. I was literally so excited and so calm. I recommend that to everybody. Like, And if you can't afford a masseuse, just call Crystal Fleming. She would love (laughs) (laughs) to volunteer for that. Dial 911 for Crystal. All right. And don't smash cake in each other's faces. Yeah. All right. Is that all? Did you guys have? All right. Well, guys, this has been fun. Oh, nice. Uh, next episode, we're gonna you know, get a this kind bit of more made me the... excited for weddings actually again. Okay, it's I, funny. I gotta be I honest; truly... like, I am not a huge wedding person, no. and literally, this discussion has made me value uh, to a new degree yes. um, the opportunity that a wedding is and the spiritual significance yeah. of it, and a part of being the community. Yeah, like that's it. That is an important part. Yes. Yeah, big part. So cool. All right. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. So, um, Megan, why don't you take us out? Do you want to oh, pray say, over our listeners? Sure. Stay tuned for episode three. Do you want to give us a snippet of it? Well, episode three, you're going to hear a little bit about... Uh, beep. And a little bit about... Beep. What? <laughs> you're just going to have to tune in to see. All right. Surprise. I was going to tell them. You don't want me to? No, you can. I'm kidding. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so episode three, uh, we're going to get a little bit further down the road in uh, how to not marry a jerk. And... Um, trying to remember what I'll... I, I'm not going to say anymore. Okay, say anymore. Gonna, I will talk about my nose. You're, you're not going to want to miss it. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, let's pray. His nose, to be clear. Like the thing on the end of his face. <laughs> what? As opposed to... Yeah. It sounded that? like nose, like N-O. Like my multiple nose? Yeah. My mo- like what? Like multiple no opposite of yes. Person. No okay. to that person. Right. No to that person. Not my yeses. My nose. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, I'm just going to pray and end this. God, I just thank you so much for your design for marriage, God, and how you partner with us, Lord. And I pray that uh, for those of you who are listening, that they would just feel... Um, the community around them as they head into a season of marriage, if that's where they're at, God. But I pray for those who are anticipating a wedding or a marriage in the future and maybe don't have a person, God, that you would just bring them peace and trust about that. God, we just pray that you would just continue to um, bless the listeners with uh, just what your version of marriage is and how you see it in the Bible, God. And we just thank you for your covenant. In your name, amen. Amen. Amen.